Hey everybody, it's me, Stage Manager Goofy. <laughs> Are you ready for the show? Well, that's great, because I'm getting ready to push this here button that says, An Amusing Podcast. So sit back, relax, and... Hmm, where'd that button get to? Oh, there it is. <laughs> ready? Here we go. Well, hey, thanks, Goofy. Really appreciate that. So nice of Goofy to be able to, like, come in and do that, like, intro for us. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest here. I'm going to give credit to um, Ernie Hernandez for uh, doing the voice. It's really good. It's, it's spot on. <laughs> it's actually, it's, it's genuinely eerie that uh, he can do an impression of Bill Farmer doing an impression of <laughs> doing Goofy's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Animusings. Plus. Plus. You know, fun fact, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, we were doing Animusings Plus before Disney Plus was even a twinkle in Bob Iger's eye. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> um, but we, yeah, I am your host, uh, Kayla King, and I'm with my husband, David King. That's me. And uh, we have a guest. What? <gasps> Who is this? I don't know. Who is this? Oh, what? Is it an owl? <laughs> <laughs> Um, there is an owl in this movie. There is an there is. Yeah, wasn't there an owl in this movie? There maybe there were possums in this movie. Yeah, I can't remember. There's many animals in this movie. Yeah, it was a very animal kind of movie. So the person that sounds a little bit like me is my sister, Morel. Hi. Um, this. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Hello. Welcome to the welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> I'm excited to be here. What are your qualifications? None. <laughs> uh, with a Goofy movie, though. What are your qualifications oh. with a Goofy movie? <laughs> well, uh, I... T- tell us about our history. Our are we doing personal history. histories? Um, also, what year... What year is... To quote uh, Dale Cooper, what year is this? Um, What is it? 95, I believe? This is 95. This movie came out. This is before Pocahontas? This is before Pocahontas. It's a month... I think it's about a month or two just before Pocahontas came out. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so, I was quite young... Uh, and I really, really love this movie. Um, I think that, you know, for me, it was nostalgic because we had the music and the movie itself, our whole family really enjoyed listening and watching it together. Um, we had the soundtrack. So when we go on road trips, we would listen. So overall, the movie for me is incredibly, um, personal and I really enjoyed it. And, uh, it has a really special place in my heart. That's very succinct and, Efficient. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I still listen to the songs as an adult. Mm-hmm. I, I I think you and I have actually blasted uh, eye to eye in the car. Absolutely. <laughs> you and I have done that too. Yeah, like, I it have. doesn't matter who you are. If you look, if you grew up with this movie, you probably have fond memories. I mean, if you liked the movie, you probably have fond memories of the of any of the Powerline mm-hmm. songs. Like honestly, yeah. Um, uh, and we'll get into those, trust me, because I think that's one of the most memorable parts of the movie. Well, there's a quite a... I mean, there's... Yeah. It, 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 I'm, for, for a movie that's a goofy movie, it's a surprisingly memorable movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, it's interesting because despite the fact that growing up, I didn't watch this movie that much. Like, I didn't own this one. I rented it. Uh, I think I even remember seeing it in theaters. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Do you remember I seeing it? I do not remember I seeing it. I don't pants. either. I, 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 I do because I went with my... I do remember this because my, my dad... Okay, so my dad is the, like... His favorite Disney character is Goofy, and that's probably why my favorite of the Mickey gang, of the, like, Mickey gang of Disney characters is also Goofy. Mm-hmm. Um, and my favorite Disney shorts... <laughs> that, that was the, eerie, but I loved just, it. We both <laughs> at the same uh-huh. time. Uh, but my, Goofy, Goofy is uh, far and away my favorite, and I think my favorite Disney shorts... Uh, growing up, were the like world according to Goofy ones, you know the how tos. Mm. Those are usually the best ones, to be honest. They're oh. the more silly slapstick. Oh, if you hear a snort every once in a while, that's Gracie. Gracie's here with us as well. As she's with us for pretty much every episode we do. Um, you've probably heard her barking a few times because she is a little pain in the butt. But now she's being all chill because we're all sitting on the couch with her. Um, but yeah, my dad and I—I I remember we watched this movie and. Um, it was interesting because it's you know the movie is so much about uh, you know a father and son bonding mm-hmm. and here's my dad and I bonding over this movie that has our shared favorite character in it so Aww. so yeah uh, shout out to my dad who um, <laughs> used to keep me entertained as a kid by doing his own Goofy and Pete impressions um, not as I mean he did he they're passable not as good as like Ernie's Goofy yeah but, you know <laughs> sure but he has the heart which is what's most of he it. has the heart and you know. Um, uh, Ernie Ernie is a dad, so he can do that voice to his kids. And oh my god! Scare them Aww. by sounding eerily like Goofy. That's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, yeah. We we are giving you full credits, Ernie, yeah. right now. <laughs> so so watching this again was like really cool because I hadn't watched the movie in a while, but I, I'm surprised how much of it I really distinctly remember, despite the few times I actually did watch it. Absolutely. So this left an impression on me, uh, a Goofy movie, and I think of a lot of the non. Uh, Walt Disney Animation Studios canon. I know that I, I, I know it's like a weird distinction. Anyway, we've always made with this podcast, like what mm-hmm. is in the the you know that canon and what's not. Mm-hmm. This is probably my. This might be my favorite. Uh, above uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, even above Nightmare mm-hmm. Before Christmas. Oh dang! Yeah, I love Nightmare Before Christmas, but <clears throat> something about this movie really appeals to me. Just a smidge yeah. above Nightmare Before Christmas. I mean, for me, Nightmare Before Christmas is a great film. In general, but it is really good for me, at least, to, for certain holidays. Why well, I feel like the Goofy movie is just... I could watch it any time of the year. Yeah. I'm perfectly content. Yeah. There's uh, a nice chunk where Nightmare Before Christmas is appropriate, you know? Right. So. right, right, right. Uh, in terms of a fully animated film, yes. I don't think it beats Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Mary oh, Poppins. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> fully valid. animated films. Because, like, the other ones, like... Yeah, it doesn't beat Mary Poppins, it doesn't beat Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in terms of like the, the uh, their Animusings Pluses, I would say Who Framed Roger Rabbit and Mary Poppins beat this movie. We did talk about Who Framed Roger Rabbit for almost three hours. Yeah, so. my goodness. But like, if it for completely animated film, this is yeah, I would say this would probably be my favorite as well. Especially looking at the ones that are coming up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, is this the like the last bastion of? Uh, films that we really enjoy in that bracket um, for yeah, Animusings Plus. We only have a couple uh, Animusings Pluses coming up, or just just a few. Um, and uh, there's about only two after this that I'm really looking forward to. Okay. So, um, hey, Kayla, mm-hmm. as the group historian, why don't you, can you tell us a little bit about the, the like, the production history of this, of this I movie? I am glad you asked. So... <laughs> A Goofy movie is uh, based on uh, the Disney afternoon TV show Goof Troop, but as we talked about in the DuckTales movie, um, it the DuckTales didn't do as well, so um, they tried to 
make a goofy movie a little bit more of its own and there's a bit of a more separation from a goof troop but the idea of uh goofy and his son max still exists and same with pete and uh pj as well right um uh and also uh this is the uh presence of kevin lima who um eventually we will see to go to direct uh, enchanted uh, and oh really? Yeah, Kevin Lima. I love him as a director. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has a specific style, and he clearly he does like again when you see Enchanted, the humor is very similar to a Goofy movie's humor. It's kind of like self aware humor, but yes. it's like couched in the modern day. And but bit, like. both of them still have heart, and um, yeah, they're also very slight love letters to Disney as well. Oh yeah, uh, like there's clearly like a lot of like. Hey, we are in the Disney film moments in this. Um, We're going to talk about Enchanted at some point. Oh, yeah. That's one of our amusing splashes. Yeah, for sure. Um, And with this one, he actually wanted Goofy movie, or for a Goofy movie, he wanted Goofy to be more three-dimensional, wanted Mm -hmm. him to be more, have an emotional arc rather than just uh, yucks. (laughs) (laughs) He's not in there for the yucks. Uh, and, uh, Jim Magan, I hope I pronounced that right, um, he wrote the script, and, uh, he was the one who came up with the whole, uh, father-son road trip, and actually this was based off of, believe it or not, Walt Disney Studios chairman, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Jeffrey! (laughs) Mm! Uh, I'm so tired of him! (laughs) So, apparently Jeffrey Katzenberg uh, went on a road trip with his estranged daughter, and (coughs) they actually bonded, and their relationship improved Uh, because of this. So, yeah, Mm. this is something that actually happened, so Jim Magan... Wait, Jeffrey Katzenberg has a soul? No, I'm just... (laughs) No, no, that's mean. I'm sorry. That's really mean. No, actually, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. I can I can appreciate that. Look, look, I may gripe about Jeffrey Katzenberg and some of the decisions he made, but I I don't hate the guy. I just think he makes really bad Well, decisions. okay, well there was a point he did make a poor decision because um so Bill Farmer, as we know, is the voice of Goofy, and Jeffrey Katzenberg asked him to give Goofy a regular voice. Say what? Instead of mm-hmm. his cartoonish voice, to which Bill Farmer's like, What are you talking about? Yeah. Why would you do that? Je- That's Je- Jeffrey. No. <laughs> Jeffrey. 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 So, Bill Farmer recorded all of his lines in his normal voice, and then they watched it, and um, I, Michael Eisner and uh, uh, Roy E. Disney, uh, who were, um, uh, well, you got CEO and the nephew. Uh, the nephew. Of Walt Disney. Like, <laughs> Nepotism, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, going like, this sounds awful. Why would you do this? This He... He needs the goofy voice, so they brought Bill Farmer back to record all of those lines back in his Disney's, uh, the goofy voice, and of course, like, this is what we see now, and it sounds so much better. Like, why it would really we want to see him talk normally? That's creepy to mm-hmm. me. Unless, I mean, I know in the new DuckTales TV show, you there's a point where you hear Donald with a normal voice, but it's silly. But and, that's, done, and, and that's not Tony Anselmo doing the voice, it's someone else. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's done for laughs, where... This is creepy. This this is <laughs> right. I mean, you'd be taking such an iconic character with such an iconic voice and turning it into something that he's not, and I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, Goofy's iconic, but like, what's the? I think the most one of the most iconic things about Goofy is his voice. Absolutely, like, yeah. and that's true. Actually, when you think about it, that's true of the whole gang: Mickey, mm-hmm. Donald, Minnie, Goofy. They all have very distinct kind of voices because they're all super Absolutely. character voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even uh, Pete. Even Pete's mm-hmm. got like a specific character voice. So, uh, 
And um, so the premiere took place on April 5th in 1995 at um, AMC's Pleasure Island at the Walt Disney World Resort. And uh, this was attended by, like, some of the actors and... Of oh, premiered at Pleasure Island? Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, and then two days later, it was released nationwide. Um, now, I couldn't find the budget for this, but uh, <laughs> okay. during, during, like, the reunion or, like, a... Uh, they, uh, Kevin Lima makes a joke that it was about a tenth of the Lion King's production, and Lion King was forty-five million. So we're looking at like probably five million. It was not a big budget. Okay. Um, and that's that's a rough estimate. Right? Yeah, and okay. uh, the box office though made back a thirty-five point three million, mm. which is that's good. not bad considering it's, it didn't have a huge it, budget. It's a modest budget, so it's um. Basically, they they looked at it, the film because DuckTales only did so well. They said, okay, let's lower the budget and then whatever comes in. If it's higher, great. If not, oh well. <laughs> uh, and actually, surprisingly, reviews were un- were not favorable for this movie. What? Yeah, they uh, a lot of reviewers said it was not as goofy as expected, mm. which I kind of get. But um, thinking back now, watching, like, there's a point where I'm like, okay, you know what? If I came into this and thinking, I'm going to see a Goofy movie, I I probably would expect more laughs out of it and more slapstick. But looking back and just watching it on its own or watching the movie, Mm. it's it's good. No, I I think it's a very well-crafted film. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good point, though, that we are uh, taking into consideration that some of these individuals might know Goofy as a certain way with a certain dimension and a certain everything. And so having this newer film where he has more dimension and more interest and uh, more of a personality, it might be a bit uh, off-putting for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, how many people are used to seeing Goofy as a three-dimensional character? He's not just like, we've seen Goofy, uh, like in certain Goofy shorts, we've seen him sad, we've seen him scared, we've seen him generally jovial and and, and mm-hmm. goofy. You know, he, not a lot of gets him down. So I feel like this is one of the few times we get to see Goofy really mad or conflicted or hurt yeah. or, you know, or um, or, tr- or troubled or even in one scene a little bit, like, sheepish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking of that split second where he goes in the dressing room. And then she's screaming oh, and yeah. he's like, Please. he actually you, he twirls his ear. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. There's a gif of that. That I, that exists, and it's just that that scene because it's only there for like a couple seconds, a couple seconds. That's kind of a horrifying face if you think about it. It is horrifying, like, ah, on its own. Well, especially because he just he walked in on a on a woman getting dressed. Getting dressed. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that. And like any good anime plus, we might be a little all over the place with this, but we'll more or less try to keep it on structure with the film, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Uh, I'm not gonna like the first. The beginning of this is trippy. That is a trippy scene. Yeah. So we 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 mentioned the animation budget. You wouldn't know that it had half the budget because I feel like even though it maybe pales a little bit in comparison to certain other ones, the animation is really good it in is this movie. Very I think fluid. it's really good. It's very fluid. Uh, like when we saw DuckTales, there's points where we were like, "Oh, this is a very fluid animation," but it wasn't consistent. And there's yeah. there are points where you're like, uh, "Yeah, you can see the budget." And then with this though, it feels so. Like, the animation is consistent. It's very fluid. There's actually moments, like, shots that they choose that are very 
interesting and like I would not expect from a lower budget film. Like there's a point where you <clears throat> see the the reflection of a diner from the bell and then it pans out mm-hmm. to reveal the full diner. I'm like that's an incredible shot and oh, yeah. for, especially in animation. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I mean, dang. Um but the the first scene is like a weird way to begin. Like it's Max's dream of his crush Roxanne. Right, which of course I mean, if you don't really know the story at all, you wouldn't even know what was going on. Yeah. Like, wait, why is he in a field? Why is he going after some girl in the distance? Like, what's happening right why now? Why is she on a plinth, like a yeah, Romanesque right, column? Right. Why is this happening? <laughs> but then when she floats off of that, that's when you're like, okay, I don't think this is... Yeah. I think this is a dream. I think this is not real. I, I, I think the strange part, too, is um in the original Goof Troop, uh, Max was about, like, 12 11 years old. He, yeah, saying. he still had a kid's voice, as did, uh, well, no, was P- PJ was still voiced by, um, uh, oh my gosh, uh, we are, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. I'm a terrible person because this is actually a prolific voice actor. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking. Uh, Rob Paulson. <laughs> Rob Paulson, yes. Rob Paulson. Wow, I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I should know this because I listened to the Talkin' Tunes podcast, which you should listen to, by the way. <laughs> he hosts that, and it's very, it's very cool. You get to hear all kinds of nonsense, including, uh, I, I wasn't there one, oh my gosh, we're, where Bill Farmer, they're doing the they're doing the Godfather, but Bill Bill Farmer is doing Goofy as the Godfather. I haven't listened. It's to amazing, this. What? or maybe it's something else. Uh, yeah, no, there's a bit you can finally find a clip of this. It's it's Rob Paulson and and Bill Farmer, and Bill Farmer is doing Goofy as the Godfather. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. Awesome. I I need to find this. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I really derailed that, and I'm sorry. But no, it's Rob Paulson. Was 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 he also? Because it's been a while since I've seen Goof, Goof Troop. Was he also uh, PJ in this one? Yeah. In, okay, so he's PJ in this too. Yes, um, but Max Max sounds older. So Max well, Ma- is a teenager. Well, they now. start they start him at like 11, and then in the Goof Troop, and they decide to age him to like. I I think we were talking. We talked about this. We think he's about 15. Yeah, I think he's 15. Yeah, because, well, because when, I mean, this movie starts, which we're gonna, we're kind of skipping over a little bit, but, um, he's going back to school and it seems like he's already aware of this school and it's, you know, the people there and everything. So we're under the impression that he's at least been there for maybe a year. Is he a, he's either at the end of his freshman year or maybe the end of sophomore year. We're not 100% Yeah, I was about sure. to ask. I don't We don't. I don't think we ever get any confirmation but, whether he's a, like a freshman or a sophomore. And, and I, I'm going to say sophomore. He, he doesn't yeah. have a car, and then throughout the movie, right. he doesn't drive. I mean, there's a point where, again, we'll skip around. This, luckily, yeah, a little bit. Eyes. But this is, this is tying themes together, which yes. you will explore later. But this is the context of we see Max. What do we know about Max? Yeah, because there's a point where he's like, uh, hey, hey, the car. And Goofy's like, what? You want to drive too? And But the problem is he never drives, though. He is never, ever allowed to drive. If he was right. 16, he would probably have his license. Absolutely. Because Max seems like a very independent spirit. So yeah. I feel like he would have been driving at this point. And, and plus, he skateboards everywhere. He does. does. Yeah. Which is what something he did in Goof Troop. So that's consistent, too. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So, and even in the, in the first part, he walks to school. He doesn't drive to school. So I'm thinking 15. Mm-hmm. 15 for sure. So like, I, I know, I know that I could relate, I could relate to some things with Max at 15, despite the fact that I was homeschooled. And <laughs> <laughs> no, mostly just like feeling, feeling weird around girls and, and feeling oh. rebellious and stuff. Yeah. Like that, I mean, you know? you know, he's going through a lot of the things that 
I feel are universal themes with with teenagers, you know, mm. uh, f- finding about yourself, finding about others, learning to interact with others and the environment that you're working in with school and friends and just trying to find like a good middle ground and finding like where you fit in with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and- that's that's a good point. And it's 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 a, it's it's kind of a coming of age story, but not really. It's more about the bond that forms between again father and father yeah. and son that don't understand each other but over the course of this road trip do right yeah i mean i think the coming of age is more the coming to like the, that goofy understands that max is coming of age yeah there's a different so kind it's of not coming of age him truly becoming of age yet because i think he is still uncertain a lot about a lot of things yeah. but he wants his dad to understand that he's at that point in his life where he's exploring and figuring out and like he's older now and he needs that right. space. And, and we'll get there obviously because like he's right now he's still in the oh i'm having a dream a, a dream that turns into a nightmare where he becomes mm-hmm. his own father right. yeah and that that says a lot <laughs> that's freudian this super freudian mm-hmm. um and then he wakes oh, no. he wakes up and he's in a very 90s bedroom mm-hmm. but th- just letting you know this movie is extremely 90s absolutely I, but it, it it feels dated without feeling like exhaustingly dated you know like right I, like you can still relate to a lot of the things that are is going on it's I, not you know, I, I, I felt so comfortable watching this movie though as a child of the '90s. I was like, "Oh yeah. man, this feels, oh, this feels so good." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look at all these '90s things. This oh, is great. Girl, you pointed this out. You're like, "Hey, remember you had that phone, the, yeah, Mickey, it's the phone? Mickey phone that he grabs when he gets a phone call in the morning because he's late." That phone that you had. You actually I, had that. I actually had that phone. That, that's. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> uh, I I don't know where that phone is. That's we probably got rid of it at yeah. this point. It's yeah. Unfortunately, long gone. but you could probably sell it for a lot of money. <laughs> Dang it. Prop of Goofy movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Put it on eBay. This actual prop from a Goofy movie. <laughs> yeah. Um. But I mean, you, uh, immediately you can already see the awkward relationship between Max and his dad. Mm-hmm. Um. I, I think awkward's a nice way of putting it. Because I would even <laughs> dare to say that it's slightly estranged. I mean, I wouldn't say it's fully, but I would say that there's a disconnect for sure. Yeah. I think um, Goofy knows how to take care of his son as a young kid. He mm. is very, I mean, it. You, later on you realize or you learn that Goofy works as a... Um, photographer at a department store mm-hmm. my that goodness is, that's another throwback to the 90s that's so how many, 90s how many, like department stores do that anymore mm-hmm. i can tell you probably zero right but, yeah we have plenty of photos oh yeah we those we yeah did, we did that <laughs> matching <laughs> outfits and oh yeah, yeah like yeah. A, like with the like weird backgrounds and mm-hmm. all that and, but yeah and he you can tell he's very good with young kids and everything he just doesn't really understand his son as a teenager. Mm-hmm. And um, I think a lot of parents probably deal with that. Like, they grow up having to deal with, like, their young kids. And they look, it's like, great, I now know how to handle them. Oh, no, they're now teenagers. And But in, they start to just infantilize them a little more than they should. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they always see them as their little kid. Like, I saw you in diapers yeah. growing up. And now you're... 
on the phone and almost ready to drive and dating and yeah yeah goofy hasn't even figured that part out yet right by the way the 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 first time we see goofy in this movie besides the horrific uh transformation scene with max in his nightmare he's got a towel wrapped around him (laughs) and a towel on his head and he's vacuuming the room and he's he's definitely doing the dual parent thing for sure Uh, we don't it's never explicitly stated anyway but we do not know what happened to Max's mom. Right. We don't know where Max's mom is. She is out of the picture completely. Yeah. Um, there's no evidence that whether there was a divorce <laughs> or um, if she died. I, I just know she's out of the picture. Goofy, right. Or if, if someone just left Max after, or maybe Max just left on Goofy's doorstep oh after a night God. of passion. <laughs> you know what's actually interesting, though, is that despite the fact that we're aware that he does, his mom is not in the picture, um, the relationship between Max and Goofy, it never is brought up his mom. So yeah. it's not like, oh, if mom was here oh. or I wish mom, like it's never thrown in his face at all. And I appreciate that because it's, yes. it's such a, yeah. it's such a tropey point of contention in, yeah. in a lot of movies. Yeah. It's like strictly focused on their dynamic and their relationship, which I think is, is different and unique compared mm-hmm. to a lot of films. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, to be fair too, it's like all they've, um, it's like, all, you get the impression, like, almost this is all Max has known. Yeah. Right. right it's right, his right. dad yeah. being a goof. <laughs> Definitely. I And also, I feel like it's more relatable. I mean, yes, there are people out there who have lost a parent and then um, uh, grow up with a single parent and all of that. Um, but I think many people have that, many more people have also grown up with the... Um, I, barrier between them and their parent, like as a teenager, and dealing with trying to figure themselves out, um, and going through hormones and everything, while their parent is trying to, like, parent them, and <laughs> it's like, well, I'm my own indep- independent person. I can do my own thing. You don't have to take care of me and be <laughs> infantilize mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. you know, yeah. mm-hmm. um, uh, then we get. Uh, by the way, the songs in these are. Amazing! Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like, 100%. <laughs> our, our first song is After Today, which is such a fun song. Yeah, we get this impression that, or I guess, ultimately, we figure it out, that he has a plan to um, put on a concert, like, at his school, but it's a surprise, like, no one's aware of it, and it's his opportunity or chance to impress Roxanne, the girl mm-hmm. he has a crush on. No, yeah, we yeah. did see Roxanne in the dream, but we haven't seen Roxanne in real life yet. Yeah. I want to talk, I definitely want to talk about Roxanne, uh, because it, that is a very interesting part of this mm-hmm. movie, in well, my opinion. But, like, after today... Uh, is it's basically like schools. It's the last day of school, and then we get to go on summer vacation. This is amazing. I'm gonna sit on my bus. <laughs> I like that guy. I like him too. I, I like and I, when we were watching it, it was fun. So we all watched it together, and I love the moment when like. Um, we're on the school bus, and the school bus is full of the the cheerleading team. Mm-hmm. And then there, but then it's like, and then there's, but then there's the two goth girls. Yeah, no more pet rallies to cut. Yeah. And it's like. That me in the past, cheerleader. I think it was you. That's said this. me. That's yeah, me. and then that's, <laughs> that's, that's me then. And the and goth girls. This is me now. <laughs> this is me now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's because you know, in middle school and high, uh, I guess a part of high school, I was a or elementary school and middle school, I was a cheerleader. And then as I got older, I really loved more spooky and you know that kind of stuff. So I definitely transitioned. But um, but it was kind of cool to see too that as you get older, your interests change. And I like seeing how they had the like. 
typical, uh, the cheerleader and the popular girl and like just the very stereotypical character. I, I liked how there was like that one scene where there's like the two identical jocks and the two identical like popular girls in that one bit where they're like on a, oh, remember that bit? The, no, my, uh, the, oh shoot, the home economics thing. Yeah. The, yeah that one. Or were they cheerleaders? I don't remember. Uh, uh, they team. were. I can't, they, I know they they might be cheerleader. It's hard to remember. I think they were. Because I think I he was, one, like, a, I think they were jocks, too, like yeah. you said. I, yeah. And I know there was one, there's one specific popular girl that we see. She's not, like... Oh, yeah. She's not, like, a prominent character or anything. By the way, um... Okay. Didn't, isn't... Um... Oh, gosh. So... Isn't it... <sighs> what, what, who, who am I thinking of? Because we saw, we looked at the voice credits at the end, and there's no specific credit given to her, but isn't... Wasn't E.G. Daly in here somewhere? Oh, uh, yeah. E.G. Daly was like a background voice actress. That she could be. Uh, they okay. So there was a list of voice actors that um, uh, sort of ensemble back, voice. Yeah, there were ensemble voice actors, and there's a good collection of them that were like, "Whoa, E.G. Daly's in this." Yeah. Um, For those of you who don't know, E.G. Daly played uh, Dottie in um, Pee Wee's Big, Big Adventure. Uh, she sings the the one song in in, Be- in Better Off Dead. She's also Tommy Pickles. And she's in, Tommy Pickles in Rugged Rats. Let's she's be honest. Tommy Pickles. You're like listening stuff that people are like, "What?" Well, that, I mean, look, look, I would remember E.G. Daly specifically from Pee Wee's Big Adventure because yeah. But no, she's that's her, probably your most well-known role as Tommy. Yes, from Rugrats. Um, I mean, that could be her. She could play the girl. I know for a fact the popular kid is played by uh, Joey Lawrence. Oh, but, like a oh. one line. Oh. Yes. Oh. Wow. <laughs> Just let's add a '90s thing. And then, funny enough, um. Uh, the best friend uh, from Blossom, uh, Jenna Von Oy, who played uh, uh, Six in Blossom, um, is the voice of Stacy in this. Which, okay, <laughs> yes, there are the typical jocks, cheerleaders, and stuff like that. But it's funny that the class president and I, she's a very, she, I don't want to say she's a popular girl, but like everyone's like, yeah, we're going to go to Stacy's party and all that. Has glasses and braces. braces. And then, like, the typical Blossom hat, too. Yes. Like the, yeah. No, she's... I think one of the things I... Well, I really... I remember her. I wanted well, to be No, Stacey. I remember growing up, you're like, that's what I want to be in high school. That's what I want to be. Because I love glasses. I love braces. I, I don't know why. I don't know what happened. No, I, as soon as you were told, like, oh, we got to put braces on you, you're like, yeah, do it. Yay! And I was then, so happy. As soon as, uh, like, the doctor said, well, your eyesight's a little bad... Glasses. Give me glasses. I think because in a lot of ways, Stacey, like you said, she kind of looks like she'd be, you know, the non-popular person, but in reality, she's, uh, she commands authority. And I, yeah, but in a, in a, in a good way. She's not, um, domineering or anything like that. She's just like, listen, I'm smart. I'm talented. I deserve respect. And I love that about her. Who doesn't love Stacy? Everybody loves Stacy. I like, like Stacy. Yeah, even the popular kids are like, "Yeah, you ready to go to Stacy's party?" Right. Like, yeah. No one sees her as like this. How, do you, how much you want to bet though? She has rich parents. She could. Totally. She might. She has I, a yeah. big TV. And yeah. Riding. Yeah. For the nineties. <laughs> yeah, and the town. I mean, we can't tell for sure, obviously, but the town seems like it's pretty small. Too. Well, so, uh, in a goof troop, this town takes place in Spoonerville. Spoonerville. Yeah. And so that is. I, it's safe to assume we're still in Spoonerville. Yeah, and it's a small town. Spoonerville yeah. is also a small town. Um, and along with that, uh, Roxanne is her best friend. Mm-hmm. And here's the adorable part about this. First of all, Roxanne is also <laughs> awkward. He's so excited to talk about her. She's <laughs> adorable to the max. I love the way they animate her. And I love, like, 
And again, we talked about gateway furry <laughs> in previous Disney movies. You know, you know, Roxanne. Oh, what's you- a, someone's gateway furry? Uh, yeah, Nothing, you look no, no shame. No <laughs> shame to anybody. By the way, zero shame to anybody out there who is a furry. Wait, wait, Rel, do you know what a f- furry is? Of course, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no, I was just, I didn't, I was confused about the concept of a gateway furry. Well, like, like, so, you know, the, the person, like, it's like, it's like having an awakening. Like, as a kid, you were, you were, you thought oh. this character was attractive. And okay. then you're like, wait a minute, but that's an anthropomorphic animal character. Right. I don't okay. care. It's like, people who saw Robin Hood, people who saw uh, The Lion King and were Simba, like, Simba. Simba. Oh, no. Uh, you know, Kovu like, was for me. Kovu, okay, that's fair. <laughs> the second and again, one. <laughs> again, no shame. Literally, no shame. If that's your, if that's your thing, we don't shame on this show. No, uh, that's but, the way it goes. By the way, even to, if you just like animal characters or you think animal characters. So, so uh, by the way, on the, I'm digging my own graves. So deep right now. I, I'm going to switch back. So, Thank you. in the last Lion King, I actually assumed. I know you, uh, we were talking about this that uh, you. Like uh, you really liked the Lion King, but I think you liked Lion King two better. Uh, is that true? Uh, okay, so I think that's a uh, <laughs> not how I would put it. I want to make sure that it's clear that I think Lion King is best, great, top. However, um, I liked the second one a lot because I think it was slightly more when I was just a little bit older, so it was a little bit more like in a time when I could cognitively understand what was going oh, on. Okay, but also I loved the like. Romeo and Juliet style okay. story. So like the the forbidden love. Like I just thought that was really cute. So okay. yes. But no. <laughs> okay, okay. Um back to this movie. Back to the good yeah. movie. Right, so Rox so we have uh, Stacey and Roxanne and Ro- so and Ro- I was uh, the reason I want to point out Roxanne is because I there's there's little details that I really like that kind of show her personality. She's got that like she's very she's she's like got that like Girl next door vibe to her. Yes. And she's got like that thing where, and, and you pointed this out. We were talking about this is just a thing when, when girl, like teenage girls, that she does that. She plays with her hair a lot. Yeah, like that, she's, she seems a little nervous and like she, she's, her, she, she hunches like this. Like you can't see this, but um, she does, she got like <laughs> yeah. that little hunch where her shoulders <laughs> come way up and she's, it, it, it's, it's adorable. So it's very sweet. She is not the popular girl. That's no, the, she no, is, that's Stacy. That's, well, no, no. <laughs> I mean, there is a quote-unquote popular girl, and you see her in uh, After Today. Yeah, yeah she's, the, she's the, the tropey popular girl. Yeah, with the blonde hair and, like, uh, a crop top. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's so awesome. Very 90s. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, I, and what's adorable is Max has a crush on Roxanne, not the, ooh, the most popular girl. This mm-hmm. Just this normal girl who is also awkward and clearly also has a crush on him, and it's yeah. adorable. Mm-hmm. That thing where they're like, Will I'm? They're both afraid that if they make the first move, they're going to get rejected. And yeah, that's, right. That's such a te- oh my gosh! That's such like I felt that. <laughs> I felt that so hard. You know, like, um, yeah. Because that I mean, me when back. you're still in high school, I mean, I think as you get older, you're more willing to like take the risk because, well, I might never see this person again, so who cares? <laughs> in high school, and especially in a small town, you will literally see them everywhere so you don't want to <laughs> take a risk that you're afraid will fail miserably or anything like that um and but she, he uh, max wants to impress her so he decides to hijack the student assembly mm-hmm. to put on a concert by the way i we probably should mention that there is a uh, a popular singer in this universe called powerline oh yeah yes. powerline and, we know about powerline mm-hmm. Uh, and because I mean, Powerline is the un- is an underlying theme yeah. in this movie. How many times did they play stand up? 
Uh, stand out, stand out, stand out. Um, uh, twice. Like, no, no, no. There, it's like there's three, like three, three or times. four times in the movie. Oh, you, not yeah. the whole song, but you hear it many, many times. That's yeah. right. The they movie. do because yeah, because uh, I mean, he performs it, and then they do they do a re uh, a callback to it while he's skateboarding. You and, can hear um, PJ listening to it on his like Walkman. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah. While he's cleaning his dad's RV, mm-hmm. they're watching a music video of it. Um, in the hotel room later, like stand stand out is like the I guess must be Powerline's big breakout hit. Yeah, but but we don't get I think the best Powerline song until the end of the movie, which is true. Eye to eye, to eye. yeah, but um, we'll get there. Uh, by the way, um, Powerline is uh, sang. I, I I don't want to say voice, but it is sang by Tevin Campbell. He was only nineteen at this time. He's so good. He is really he, good. He, Shout out to Tevin Campbell. He and actually he was a he was actually a, a popular R and B singer. Like he actually had hits and stuff like that. I oh, had cool. to I had to look that up. I'm like at this time, yeah. So I'm props to Disney for actually getting someone with. Uh, uh, charisma and all that, and mm-hmm. um, I know there was. I you mentioned like, what's he doing now? I think it, one of you has said, what is he doing? Yeah, what is he? I think that was me. Yeah. Uh, and last I saw him, um, he did perform on Broadway as a uh, seaweed from Hairspray. Awesome. Oh. So I'm very, so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I, he's doing stuff from what I gather, but that's awesome. Um, I will say I do like. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll get to. I mean, we we definitely get a sense of power line at the beginning here when they do the. They hijack the assembly. Yeah, mm-hmm. but um, from he, from Principal Wallace Shawn. I okay. I have to, Wallace Principal, Shawn. Principal Mazer, but we'll, no, we're it's, gonna, it's he, Wallace it's Shawn. Just Wallace, Shawn. <laughs> Wallace Shawn has played so many like authoritative figures in so many movies. It's just like. Oh, we have a principal. Is Wallace Shawn available? Shoot. <laughs> his, his voice is just so great. I mean, I think that he... But what I love about his voice, because <coughs> we were talking earlier about voices and how they all have character voices, his voice naturally is just a character voice. Yes. And I love that. Mm. Um, I think that with Wallace Shawn, he's one of those people that has a fascinating career, because like... He's never, like, a main character, with the exception of My Dinner with Andre, which is its own little thing. But um, he's just so... But he gets consistent work all the time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. It's like, you still know who he is. He's, I, I don't remember him ever being a main character in any movie, but it's like, oh, yeah, I know who he is, because mm-hmm. I see him all the he's time. He's iconic. Absolutely. He's iconic still, so... Yeah. Again, um, fascinating career. Yeah. I, I just need to give a shout-out to No, him. yeah, but no, because... because um, we're we're bouncing around a lot, but like so, um, like Powerline is is interesting because like they're you know he's popular and he's like kind of I mean I, you, we talked about this. he to me he always struck me even before I knew this he was a mashup of like Michael Jackson and Prince mm-hmm. yeah that's the idea behind it they wanted to, they were thinking when they were trying to figure out how to make this popular singer they're like okay who is iconic who would be like um someone that actually has long lasting power and you know basing him off of Prince and Michael Jackson are that's not a bad choice. Absolutely. I mean, they they had staying power for <clears throat> sure. Well so. considering considering that so many people remember the songs from a goofy movie, specifically the power line ones, I think they, they knocked it out of the park with that one. Because yeah. mm-hmm. you could hear them outside out of the context of a goofy movie and go, that's just a popular artist from the nineties, like honestly. Mm-hmm. That just sounds like But because he did this whole uh stunt, um the principal calls Goofy and basically over the tops it, saying he was he created started a a gang riot. He was wearing gang. He was wearing gang, gang clothing clothes, wow. and started a riot. And 
<clears throat> stirred up the student body. Like, this was so over the top. Yeah. Like, and it even says, if you don't uh, parent your child, he will end up in the electric chair. Like, wow. wow. So dramatic. Uh, I do want to, I do want to talk briefly about, because the, cause the interesting thing is they have to, the, to hijack this, this is a pretty elaborate plan of theirs to get it going. They have to pull the trap door on uh, Principal Wallace Shawn, mm-hmm. dropping him into the oh. auditorium like basement. We forgot about Bobby. Right. No, no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. We have to go back because Max finishes after today. He gets to school. He meets PJ, his best friend and partner in crime. Mm-hmm. And then they have bribed uh, Bob- Bobby? Bobby. Bobby. They've bribed Bobby, who I guess is like... The uh, VR club, or he's what a, is it? Sorry, not VR. He's a, he's yeah. a video He's a video kid. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a geek. He's a tech kid. He's a tech geek. Yeah. Like well, you know, there's which you there's wouldn't nerd- even expect I, either. Like, yeah, he doesn't strike me. Yeah. He doesn't strike me as a nerd archetype. He strikes me mm. as the geek archetype. He's the person who had, who goes to a specific club, and he's got he's an anomaly, Bobby. He's Polly Shore. He's voiced by Polly yeah. Shore. No, no, no. He's just Polly Shore. Yeah, he's basically <laughs> just Polly Shore. Yeah. The, here's the funny part: Polly Shore was not credited in this film, but it's clearly Polly Shore. Oh yeah. Like there's no <laughs> once again an iconic voice. Yeah, yeah. and he's the character like the. The actor, or not the actor, uh, the character itself basically acts like how Polly Shore. It's like, it, it's clearly him. Like, there's no doubt about yeah. it. And I love that this character is really, I mean, if you think about it, not in uh, the movie that long. No. But you remember him so vividly. Like, I, yeah. I think a lot of people, uh, there's been times when you've mentioned, if I mention a goofy movie, and one of the things they think of is like, oh, remember Shadow Wizard? Yeah. Like, that the Leaning Tower, Tower of Pisa. <laughs> Like, that sticks in people's minds. He's, very... he's the weird tech kid who's obsessed with Cheese Whiz. Yeah, and that's what I love. He gets paid in Cheese Whiz. Cheese, yeah. They bribe him with yeah. Cheese Whiz. Yeah. By the way, I, I used to love that stuff when I was a kid. I hate it Ooh. now. Oh, oh, no. It's disgusting. Like, the grossest parts of the movie are when he's... But it looks good, <laughs> I think. Yeah, uh, and but then this leads... Because of this, this is what starts the... Um, Goofy to be like, I'm going to take my son on a road trip to go fishing like my dad did yeah. and his granddad did. And, and-, it is, and he does have that interaction with Pete during all this, too, where Pete's like, they, you see their different kind of styles of parenting a little mm-hmm. bit at the beginning. Just the way they handle that first kid who they're trying to get the picture of. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both work at the same place, which is yeah. interesting. But Pete, I get the impression Pete's kind of like the manager uh, or maybe movie. he. Or they maybe might... they're on the same level, but Pete's just trying to find a way to uh... act like he's a manager. Yeah. From what I gather, um, I mean, actually, there's a line or there's an interaction that actually describes their ways of parenting perfectly. So uh, this is later on in the movie, and they're both in the hot tub where Goofy says, "My son loves me." To which uh, Pete responds, "Well, my son respects me," and that says. A, a lot. lot. Yeah, the, I think that was the first moment. Because, I mean, in general throughout the film, you see Pete's um, parenting style and Goofy's parenting style. But this was the first time that I think we really establish how different they really are. And um, Goofy kind of has that moment of, do I, I don't think I agree with this method. I don't agree with you that, oh, my son respects me and that's how I should handle it. Because throughout the film, he's trying to listen to Pete in order to figure out how to manage his son. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time that I think he realized that he didn't want to be like Pete. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, actually, PJ, like the way PJ acts around Pete is he is scared of his dad. Oh, yeah. He's a soldier. Oh, yeah. Like, um, there's a point. I mean, th- I mean he's 
like there's a point where Pete is bowling and there's one pin left and he yells for his son to which he's like, yes, sir, go, sir, come on, sir. And then point, just points the pin and PJ knows to him automatically to just kick it. Yeah. Like, it's like, oh my goodness. And it's unnecessary. And then unnecessary. there's a point where. But it's, but it's also Pete. And keep in mind, mm-hmm. what, what's great about the way Goof Troop reimagines some of these characters is you got, you know, you got Goofy getting this nuance as a, um, you know, nuance as a full, fla- you know, a, a more full faceted character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete gets that a little bit too, but Pete got his start in Disney as a villain and as the foil yes. of Mickey Mouse. So they turn it from being a villain to just being, for lack of a better word, a hard-ass dad. You yeah. know, that's actually a really good point. I didn't think about it until just now. I don't really feel like there's a villain in this film. There isn't. There isn't. There isn't. It's but but what's so great about that is that in traditional Disney films, there's always a villain. Like there's always someone that we know this is who we're gonna have to defeat at the end. With this film, the 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 thing that we're quote unquote defeating is this miscommunication and this barrier between a father and a son. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is incredibly right. uh, impactful indeed, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Because the conflict is hit Goofy doesn't really listen to his son, and his son wants to go on a date with this cute girl, and he has scheduled a date with this cute girl, mm-hmm. um, but his dad refuses to listen to that, and right. is like, no, we're I'm going to make sure that you don't turn out bad, because uh, he's, again, too focused on... What's yeah. m- might happen versus yeah. what's going on in the present. I mean, like we stated at the beginning, he's he's he's... The only parent for Max. Yeah. So yeah. he has to think about everything that could possibly, the now, the future, the middle. Like, he has to think of all of it. Yeah. So I think he's just trying so hard to be a good parent, be a good person, be a, a good a role model for his son. Like, do everything. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where it becomes difficult because Max, like you said, you know, Max just wants to, you know, live his life and have a good time in high school and, and get by be a and have a, be a teenager. And then his father, you know, just wants to be a good dad. So yeah. it's finding the middle ground between these two characters. I want to touch on that because, like, uh, Goofy um, has a probably had a very different relationship with his dad because it doesn't mm-hmm. seem like Goofy outgrew the things that... I don't know if Goofy ever went through the same kind of teenage phase that... You almost get the impression he didn't no. go through the same teenage phase that his that Max did. Well, maybe it's like, a, maybe it's a cultural thing, but he looks in you know he's looking back very fondly on the time he spent with his dad, mm-hmm. and so it's and I don't think that's like invalid or anything because even when you've had you know tough relations with a with a parent, um, I can say I've you know that happened to me, but I can still look back and be like even when this was kind of corny, I still have fond memories of something I did with my my father. Yeah, so, like right. so you know Goofy's looking back on that through the nostalgia lens. Of of all that, maybe maybe I'm overthinking this a bit. No, but it, but no, no, yeah. but he it almost seems like he's ignorant of the fact that Max is going to also be a very different person than maybe he was at than Goofy was as a kid. Yeah, when he when his dad took him to Lake Destiny, right? Or Destiny Lake? I don't like, know which it's order Lake it is. Destiny. Lake Destiny, yeah. Lake Destiny to go fishing because mm-hmm. you know again different values, different time, different thing. Well, and I also wonder too if maybe he. Um, 
he definitely maybe has that disconnect between like who Max is and maybe when he sees that Max is in trouble, the only thing he can think to do is what worked for him. Like you yeah, said. Yeah. Um, and so he just wants to fix the situation. But I think that's what's so great about like obviously skipping forward, but like towards the end when they're on the car and they're mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a waterfall. We'll discuss that. But yeah, you know, having that moment and having a, a situation of like we're just gonna lay this all on the table and we're gonna just like throw everything out there in a way that we can really listen and hear each other and not just passive aggressively go through life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um and so I mean I do wanna I know I, I I keep I feel like I keep dialing back, but there's little beats of this movie that really stick out to me. I like the moment when Max is in, you know, waiting in the principal's office. Mm-hmm. He hasn't gone in there yet, but he has that moment with Roxanne where they where they, you know, decide to do the you know, decide to do a date mm-hmm. or go to Stacy's party. And I love how Stacy is like the is like Roxanne's best friend, and you can tell. And she's wing and woman, she, woman yeah. she's her wing woman, and is so. I, I I actually like that little that little hint of their relationship as friends, mm-hmm. Stacy and Roxanne. I thought yeah. that was cool too, and yes. how encouraging Stacy is. Of These Roxanne. characters are very well developed. Yes. Oh yeah. You don't I, need much with them, but their their personalities shine through. That's more than I can say for a lot of movies. Mm. <laughs> yeah, there isn't a character, I feel like, I mean, uh, at least not off the top of my head that I can think of, that is unnecessary. I feel like no. anyone yeah. who comes in has a purpose, and it pushes the story forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to highlight that moment, because it's a sweet moment, and I like how they both have their own sort of reaction states, like, oh, I told you you could do it. And then, mm-hmm. like, you know, Roxanne's very quietly happy, and then Max does the whole, like, yes, and he dances with the receptionist. Everybody <laughs> mumbo! <laughs> oh, and that's a moment where he, he so snaps fine. into his dad thing. Yeah, Because exactly. his dad was doing that, too. <laughs> Everybody mumbo. But I love that in a, a moment of snapping into, like, his father's behavior is in a moment of, like, pure bliss and joy. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's Actually, the first hint of that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's like when he laughs, he does his dad's mm-hmm. laugh, and he feels, like, oh, embarrassed by it. But he only does that when he's happy. Right. I love I love that Roxanne, near the end of the movie, admits that she's, that's something about Max she finds cute. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> Which I feel like, as an audience member, you like that, too. Yes. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that he finds it embarrassing or, like, oh, I don't want to do that because the audience loves it as well. Mm. Um, that actually, one of the things he, okay, Max does the stupidest thing. I think this is, oh yeah. So the stupidest thing, and this is what kind of also underlines the movie. He, so before they leave on their road trip, he goes to see Roxanne and he lies to her. The reason that he can't go on this date with her is because he claims he's going to be on stage with Powerline in in LA. That's a big Mm. knock against Max. A little bit of a knock against Roxanne just because she's like, oh, well, if you're not going to be there. She won't listen to him. She's like, oh, I, it's not like I can't. Well, I guess I'll just go with someone else. And right, I'm like, right. I'm a little bit like, come on, Roxanne. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Not not very considerate, I think. Yeah, that seemed a little inconsiderate mm-hmm. to me. But at the same time, that doesn't forgive Max for big, making the biggest That is lie. the most biggest I lie. I cannot believe But it, yeah. that's, that's the big underlying thing that you're thinking about the entire plot because as such and it again such a teenage thing yeah mm. and so he's on this on this trip that he doesn't want to go on and and his dad won't listen to him at all and mm. to make the matters worse 
He lied to his crush and now has no idea how he's going to pull this off. You better be careful because yeah. her, her dad will eat him alive. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was so funny. Her dad is so protective and just someone you do not want. He has no with. dialogue and yet he's the typical just mm-hmm. like, you know, just by, just, again, this is the, the benefit of being a cartoon with cartoon animals as the yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. She's, she's got a big scary bulldog. For a dad. For a dad. Yeah. So that's really cool. And he never says a word. Mm-hmm. Everything is done through his grunts and his like pantomime and, yep. and just the, the facial expressions. And uh, that's really good. I like how she's always like, Daddy, come on. You, you know, know what I love, like, too, is um, you don't see her mom either. Oh. No. There's well, like no... It, it, the well, mom to, isn't necessary for this. Well, to yeah, be, but... To be fair, also, um, we don't see... Pete's wife or exactly. or PJ's little sister. Yeah. Even though in in a goof troop they're they are established characters. Yes. Right. I think that was my, my there point are, was that moms do not factor into this plot. This yeah. is about no. dads and right. their relationship it, with their kids. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which honestly I feel like, you know, is such a unique take because I think in a lot of films they'll have the mother son or the mother daughter relationship. So it's yeah. kinda cool to see the the father, the father character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he like ends up starting the road trip, and on it's the so funny. Road. Yeah, on the open road is how this starts. What a because good they song. break the radio because once again they have a battle between what each other, what kind of music they want to play. High <laughs> apple pie in the sky. So good. Uh, by the way, another there's the Disney logo on his keys mm-hmm. again. That's such a Kevin Lima theme. Nah. Well, I mean, well, when they start playing the driving game, um, you know, man or woman? No. Walt Disney. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but this is like, this is a good ensemble bit where, you know, the two of them singing about the open road different ways. And then you get all the other tropes of people who would be on the road for different well, reasons. Mickey, including a couple. Mickey and Donald up here and they're like California or bust. Mm. And so I, I have a big question <laughs> what is... about this. What, are, why are they hitchhiking? Because, okay. Uh, but we know they both established because, like, I'm going on a road trip with my best friend. Oh, yeah, Donald Duck. So we know that, you know, they Donald. know each other. Why does Max own a phone with <laughs> that Mickey? Looks like that looks like Mickey when Mickey... And, and we know... I mean, is Mickey already a celebrity in this universe? So is his dad friends mm. with Mickey Mouse? Famous, the- famous movie star Mickey Mouse? I wonder if it's just they wanted to incorporate as many themes as possible. Like, we, I don't I, know if there's any, um, like, deeper meaning to it of, like... No, it's just, oh, really it's just funny, it, but know? it raises... Uh, this is the stuff I like to dig into in yeah. these movies, the little the little weird logic things, <laughs> is, like, if Max owns a phone with, with that's established, that has Mickey established as an icon, it is also unusual to see Mickey and Donald just, like, On hitchhiking. The road, yeah. yeah, it's like, wait, what? 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 Very funny. Unless it's a vintage phone and Mickey's career has been pulled out. From <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he and Donald are pulling a Muppet movie thing where oh. they're just like... <laughs> poor, poor Goofy was a once a, uh, once a silent actor and, or a, a movie star at one point. And now his career has gone downhill and all he can do is work as a photographer Maybe? at oh. a department store. Oh, yeah. Like they're all over the hill at this point oh, in my. the 90s. Oh. Uh. Anyway, that was, that's a good moment. I like seeing... I like seeing... Um, it's always good to hear Wayne Alwine. Yeah. And but, but I think the fun, another funny part with the... Uh, uh, on the open road is the weird variety of characters you mm-hmm. see. By the way, there are nuns 
And it's the same nuns. <laughs> same one. That pop up. The recurring <laughs> nuns. Up, I love well, that. No, the great part is you see them at the beginning at the department store. Oh, that's right. Uh, where Goofy works. And then you see them on the road. And then you see them at the diner. Like, you see them pop up. And then at the end of the movie when they're at the concert, they're there going into the concert. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, my gosh. They were on a road trip going to L.A. to see yeah. a power God, so funny. So good. The, 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 there's a great attention to detail in a lot of little continuing beats. Yeah. And sort of the, you know, setting up a, you know, there's there's a lot of Chekhov's everything. <laughs> um, uh, shout out to a, a few of the weird things. Like, obviously, there's the, there's the hearse where the corpse gets oh, out yeah. of the coffin and dances on the roof of the car near the end. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. This song brought back the dead. Uh, but <laughs> the, the other, the this other, song is so powerful, it can cause necromancy. <laughs> but the other low-key detail I find kind of grim is when uh, there's that trunk that opens, and there's a guy tied up in the trunk who's singing along, and he's got a cement block yeah, on his like, feet. Oh, so it's clearly I, a mob, like a mob, someone's gonna drop this so guy in the river. Dark. Like, and it's played for laughs, and this is where I think the goofiness of the movie does come through, and mm. I enjoy that. I really enjoy this song mm. <laughs> for the visuals, for sure. And then we, oh gosh, this there's the next part where they go to the possum park, oh, Lester's goodness. possum park. Oh my goodness, it's rough. I mean, that park has clearly gone through <laughs> many years of stuff. <laughs> Goofy, you, this is the first hint that we get that Goofy loves kitschy roadside attractions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, honestly, I think is so fun because, I mean, once again, skipping, but it comes into play later on when Max kind of has control over the road. He wants to incorporate, um, you know, his father's interest and what he wants to do as well. So I think that's kind of... Yeah, back when they've kind of, like come to a more balanced part of it. It's, it's mm-hmm. like the, the midpoint of the movie where the relationship is kind of okay, so you know, of course, right. something's going to go wrong and cause more conflict mm-hmm. if you know your tropes. And by the way, liar revealed tropes are never very fun, no. generally speaking, but I actually think it works here because they build the movie around it in an effective way. Yeah, I and, think. and the I mean, the whole point of the film is this, um, you know, relationship that's not bridged. So having a sense of like, oh, we're getting closer, we're getting closer, now I'm trusting you, and then lying, it's just like breaking, breaking that, that trust. trust. Yeah. And it doesn't, again, for some reason, doesn't bother me here when it bothers me immensely in other movies, mm-hmm. in yeah. other films. It is such a exhausting... Uh, trope, right? Almost a cliche, but here because it is actually crafted into the story in an effective way, it works out, and we will get to the that big flyer revealed moment. But um, um, I gotta the go back pos- possum park. I want to go back to possum park because um, yeah, I want to talk about possum park. The reason why is there's a there's a lead. Uh, there's a guy who introduces the um the show, and it's uh, it's Pat Butram uh, and. Pat Butram, if you, for those who haven't listened to the rest of the Animusings episodes, is basically a Disney legend. Oh, like, yeah. He was in the Aristocats as um, Napoleon, Sheriff of Donningham, and Robin Hood, um, Luke from Rescuers, uh, Chief from Fox and Hound. Like, he's, mm-hmm. this is clearly a Disney legend, and this is his last film, and actually, um, the film is dedicated to him at the end. That's, aww. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, quite a legacy, Pat Butram. And he gets a nice little cameo in here, which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, man, 
to think how many how many people did they get out of Green Acres that just became like <laughs> I mean it's it's it, him and like Zsa Zsa Gabor. Zsa Gabor Ava and Ava Gabor as well. Oh no, is it not Zsa Zsa Gabor? It's, it's, a, Ava, it's Gabor. Ava Gabor. It's Ava Gabor. I don't think did, I don't think did Zsa Zsa ever. I don't know. Uh, maybe we'll figure it out eventually, but I don't remember Zsa Zsa Gabor ever appearing. Ava, no, yes. it's Ava Gabor for sure. Yeah, I she sh- she's she was in a number of. I mean, again, Pat Buterman and her kind of got their start in the same movie because with the Aristocats, and then wasn't it? Aristocats? Yeah, yes, it was. She's she's she's, she's Duchess. Duchess, and then oh. and then they are in the same movie for um, uh, the Rescuers because Ava Gabor does the voice of um, Miss Bianca. Yes, yes. So fun stuff, <laughs> little uh, humor there, and then uh, so yeah, the Possum Park show. I. Gosh, so much cringe. <laughs> and actually, the the guy in the suit, who is voiced by director Kevin Lima, um, basically saying, you need a hug. It's like, and he's like, please don't. I don't want to be hugged. Mm-hmm. And I don't. Respect the boy's boundaries, you creepy mascot. So, <laughs> Sorry, that bothered me. Yeah, I don't blame it. I mean, I don't blame Max. Max is totally justified for turning that thing's head around. <laughs> yeah, because there's a point. It's like I do. I do feel bad um, for someone who's clearly underpaid and in a suit, right. having to do this. But this is also someone who's like, "You're gonna need a hug." When it's like, "No, please don't. Please don't touch." He even says, "Don't touch me." Right, and does it anyway. Mm-hmm. It's like. Yeah, it was. Like, it was when like Max alone. like yelled at him and was like calling him names or anything like that. He just says, "Don't talk to yeah. me." And instead of listening to him, being like, "Okay, I'm gonna go talk to you know other parents with their kids and having a good time," not this kid. Clearly, this 15 year old kid. Like, really, you're gonna right. bother a 15 year old kid when there's clearly like other like younger kids around who would probably love you. Yeah. Like, yeah. Jeez. The the whole the whole possum park thing like the the show the little animatronic show feels like they're kind of digging at country bears. Oh, they are. Bit. They're it absolutely is digging at country bears. <laughs> it's both an homage and a and a parody. I so. think I think that's also the worst song of the. <laughs> oh well, yeah. No one remembers the possum park possum song. Possum park. I know. Pop pop pop. It's the thing. Oh uh, no! When, when we listen to it on the car ride, we would skip. We always skip it. We yeah. skip the possum skip park song. <laughs> yeah. What a, and this is another one of those like early act low points because Max is just and, and Max is just getting fed up with people laughing at him. Keep in mind, earlier he'd gotten he'd finally he'd done something bold and kind of rebellious that had earned him the respect not just of Roxanne but of the entire school. Mm-hmm. Yes, like everybody after it was like Max, 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 right. and I love that. I, we didn't really talk about that, but it's great because like he he did this thing that got him to be sort of he, memorable. You know, mm-hmm. he set up his own reputation, and I like right. I like that he had that. Yeah. But here, once again, it's back to him being laughed at and ridiculed a little bit. Even at the possum park, I'm like, all these other people were laughing at him. Like, you you're one to talk. You're at the possum park. Yeah. <laughs> but that's also why I wondered if like were they actually laughing at him or if they were just laughing at the situation and like thinking everyone's having a good time. Well, there's a little kid sure. who says it's dorky dork junior. Oh, never mind. Yes. You're right. <laughs> yep, they're jerks. Because of course there's people there because it's a 90s movie. A yeah. 90s right. animated movie. Um, but eventually they get to a place where they can fish. At first I thought it was Lake Destiny when I was a kid. Yeah, I thought so too. Was, They'd already gotten there. But no, it's just a lake. A stop, yeah. 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 To go camping. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where they run into Pete and PJ. The RV, Pete's giant RV Unnecessarily rolls in. large RV. Which is, 
Pete oh. is compensating for something. We know. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, the funny part is we were trying to figure out how does he afford that if uh, he and Goofy have the same job. But then I wonder, maybe his wife has a lot of money. I get the impression that, know. like, I get the impression, like, Pete married up. I'm oh, yeah. Saying, but honestly, I She mean, looks like a savvy business Is woman. that someone... Oh, in the... In, in, the, in the, the... I don't... Oh, okay. I don't remember a lot of specifics about Goof Troop that well. I don't even remember what Pete's wife's name was, which is unfortunate. But I remember Peg. her... Peg. It's Peg. Peg, thank you. Pete and Peg. Pete yeah. and Peg. Peg, I remember being, like, kind of your... She was kind of a hip... Sassy. Like, like, a, like, hip sassy and like you know a modern woman like she oh yeah she had her she wasn't like a housewife like she had her own job if i remember correctly she came off that way that that least but it's been a while since i've seen it wouldn't surprise me if she was though and pete just blows through her money buying this giant (laughs) rv that's so interesting because pete seems like um a very like strong kind of independent masculine man so you would assume that you, I don't know. At if least he puts on, he, assume, Well, I mean, you know? he he puts on airs like he is. I don't know That's if he true. actually is. Uh, Pete's got. I, I mean, considering that RV and how he has to show off everything, I think mm. I think Pete's got a little bit of that I, inferiority. Okay, I, I looked it up. Peg is actually a real estate agent. There it is. Oh, there yeah, it is. Pete's, Pete's the breadwinner in that situation, and he just works as a manager at a at a department store or a, a photograph well, a in photographer. The, in, in the original, he was a used car salesman. And then, <laughs> yes, oh, yeah. Oh, okay, so, so and she's maybe a real estate the, agent. I yeah. love how they have actual jobs for these characters. Yeah, yeah. me too. Like, <laughs> no, that makes sense. Peg's probably still in real estate. He probably quit the. He probably lost his used car sales. <laughs> oh no! No one at a department store. How much do you bet the RV though is a relic from that time? It could be. Like, like maybe, maybe yeah. he hadn't lost his job that long ago, and he's like, well, with the last bit of income well, I get from this, you know, well, I'm going to... Here's another thing. I mean, our, our dad was a car salesman, and he would oh, find cars. Yeah. He was very good at finding cars for cheap, too. For so sure. He could have easily found this RV and got oh, a yeah. deal on it. That thing's his baby, though, because he... Um, it's got all the, like, modern amenities, too. Think about it. It's yeah. even got, like... Oh. It's got, like, a fold-out... A bunch of full... It's crazy. It's, like, high-tech, mm-hmm. this RV. You know, there's a bowling alley on the top, and there is, yeah, the fold-out chairs, and they've got... It cuts down trees, like, <laughs> it, like so they make space make for space. everything. Like, it's so... It's so interesting. But yeah. it, I think it just is such a good reflection of Pete, like, feeling the need to cut down space around him so he can have space for himself. Yeah. He must overcompensate for everything. Yeah. It's, it's Pete. Mm-hmm. He's... Uh, he spends his, all of his time getting effectively emasculated by everyone around him. <laughs> so, uh, and then, well, Goofy's trying to do the normal stuff, like uh, taking his son, and... taking his son fishing. Yeah. Actually, that's this is a, a important part because this is where he teaches him how to do the perfect cast. Yeah, and which it, is such a special moment. I mean, we don't know it at the time. I think it, it's Chekhov's perfect cast. Chekhov's Perfect Cat, awesome. brought to you by a group. It was passed down through all the goofs, but it started with Chekhov Goofy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, because later, great, great, great grandfather. Later on, uh, this is the Perfect Cast is how uh, Max saves his father when he goes over a waterfall, mm-hmm. and which is adorable. And then, yeah, at the concert when they get up on stage, 
Goofy actually does. Yeah, do the perfect cast. Yeah, he manages to get on stage. Yeah. Um, which is also so funny because yeah. Goofy is just like the typical parent like, hey, we're going to try to get you on stage. Let's do this. And then somehow he manages to get on stage himself, which I think yep. is yeah. awesome. Yeah. And, oh, man. And to impress Powerline, he does the perfect cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he doesn't know what to do. He's just standing on stage looking like, oh. Yeah, do the perfect yeah. cast. And then, like, Powerline's actually like, oh, yeah. He starts hey, yeah. he doing, doing it, too. Which is awesome. I love how Powerline the whole time just, like, he's totally cool with everything that's happening. Yeah. He's like, oh, someone's on my stage. Oh, and they are doing the perfect. Oh, okay, let's just do it, too. Like, yeah. he's just. Well, he, he's a performer. Like, if you think about it, when something weird happens on stage, you just roll with it, technically. I mean, they could have had security. Yeah. They, they could have had someone pull that person yeah. off the stage. But, but like, uh, well, think of, like, actors, like, oh, this happened, and then they just roll with it. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, um. Improvise. And yeah. Just say, okay. Okay, just improvise. <laughs> Just pretend it's part of the show. But I think that's what makes you like uh, uh, Powerline as well. Because yeah. the whole movie he's, like, talked about and you love his music, but this is the first time you actually, like, see him and, like, yeah. kind of get to, like, get a, I mean, he doesn't really talk or anything, but you get, like, a quick kind of view of his personality and you're mm-hmm. like, I love him. He just seems like a great yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, um, we, we, we jumped to the end, which is yeah. great. Well, then it's relevant. It's relevant because the, the cast connects it. The first time... He Wait. uses it as it. People can, he catches Bigfoot. He catches yeah. Bigfoot. I do enjoy. Um, like people, people say there's not a lot of good comedy beats in this movie, or it's not as goofy as it could be. Mm-hmm. I guess that was the main criticism. Yes, that he mentioned. Um, this is funny. I like how he inadvertently grabs a steak off of Pete's grill <laughs> yeah. and ends up catching Sasquatch <laughs> yep. of all things. And then they have to run from Bigfoot and hide in uh, Goofy's car while. Bigfoot just goes through all their stuff. Yeah. By mm-hmm. the way, Bigfoot is voiced by Frank Welker. Of course, it's yes. Frank Welker. <laughs> Frank, Frank Welker is a god. We, I mean, we we know this when he can outdo lions and everything. <laughs> His like. roar. <laughs> I still find it funny because um, apparently for Lion King they use tiger roars because lion roars don't sound as powerful as well as frank welker yelling into a trash can oh my goodness because <laughs> uh. apparently frank welker yelling into a trash can is more powerful than a lion's roar yeah <laughs> oh absolutely again frank welker is a god mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah the like actually the parts with um bigfoot are I think the funniest parts of the movie. Yeah. Like, this is actually the silliest and part. Like, there's a point where it's, like, a quiet moment and, uh, between the, uh, like, oh, how did... Okay, so they're hungry and they were able to get, like, uh, alphabet soup. Oh, yeah, they had the alphabet soup moment. Hi, dad, dad, dad soup. And if I recall, somehow Bigfoot gets, um... Uh, he- headphones on mm. and it plays music. It's playing staying alive. Disco dancing in the background. Well, no, because there's like a quiet moment. It's like, okay, we're going to heat it. And they're just waiting and sitting. And then all of a sudden you see Bigfoot in, in the, the background. And he's doing the little, like, he's doing like a little finger dance. So yeah. He's like, da-na, da-na, da-na. It's so, Big, it's Bigfoot's so really, fun. Bigfoot yeah. is funny. So yeah. cute. Um, but High dad soup conversation. Honestly, because mm. you, th- you would think like, oh, running into Bigfoot, what a random part of it. But it does lead to them a moment for them to bond a little bit. And mm-hmm. like, I mean, uh, uh, they only get to bond in isolation when there's like no distraction. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the moments when they actually can have deep kind of con- where things well, kind of, well, the barrier starts to c- collapse. They're, they're locked in their car because yeah. Bigfoot's out there. But, um, 
there's a moment where you got Goofy talking about, oh, when you were a kid, you would spell out mm. letters. And then also um, talks the, uh, talks about his time with his dad. And then Max has a moment where he's like, you know, you like, okay, I can see where my dad is coming from in a certain way. And But at the same time, he knows he's still in deep sludge, as he calls a it. Deep sludge. Mm-hmm. I'm in deep sludge. There's a... I don't remember where this happened. I, I know we just watched the movie, but like... Wasn't there a bit where he calls... He actually calls Roxanne, or was it... No, he never calls Roxanne. No, he never calls Roxanne. He writes a letter. He writes a letter. Or he's yes. writing, and he's just like... And then there's that bit where it gets torn up, and we just see the thing that says, I lied. Yeah. yeah. And he's writing that in the midst of... While his dad is sleeping in the car, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then... Um, okay, so the map. The, the map comes out, and he changes the course of the map. Now, we know that... This map has been passed down through the Goofy family for a while, and that there's always the same route, which is a, pr- a typical, n- not Lindsay efficient, Lib- squiggly line across yeah. the map, eventually ending at Lake Destiny. Cartoon logic. No, but it's, well, Goofy logic. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's Goofy logic. It makes total sense yeah. that every previous Goof would have done the most ridiculous route. Mm-hmm. Ber- Bernard, was it Bernard Goofy? Yeah, they had a list there's of... There's several Goofies and all Goofs. All Goofs. All Goofies. But, um, so... By the way, I think unless unless it's been proven otherwise, um, I, we don't know Goofy's real name except for maybe you know in other things, Dippy Dog. And some of the older shorts where he was a dad, like the ones from the fifties and sixties, those Goofy shorts, yeah, where he actually had a kid and he was like a fifties. He's like that's suburban right. Dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. He was. People refer to him as Keith, Mister Keith, which is interesting. Mm. So he could be Keith Goofy. <laughs> But anyway, what, what we know is their la- Max and Goofy's last name are Goof, but Goofy just goes by Goofy, mm-hmm. which is that's yeah, cool. which makes a lot of sense. I mean, I feel like a lot of people in today's um, will go by their last name or a nickname of their last name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, he, when he erases the um, the decides to erase the line going to Lake Destiny and decides to. Take it to Los Angeles. Mm. The sludge got deeper. Oh yeah. Yep. And how um, many cups of sh- that's a tense moment because his dad is like kind of half asleep and then he sits up and he's like, "How many cups of sugar to get to the moon?" Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's three and a half. <laughs> and he's just like, hmm. Um, and then on oh, Bigfoot snoring on the thing. Yeah. Yes. Anyway. Oh my gosh. Uh, but then this actually leads to event because of that moment between him and Goofy. Goofy realizes, you know what? I'm going to make this trip a little better by allowing Max to be the navigator and deciding mm-hmm. when we stop so he can... Is that it. when they have the moment in the diner that makes Max feel extra guilty because he changed the map yeah. and then yep. Goofy gives him the navigator sort of title and denounces it very loudly to the whole diner? Yeah, and he says, like, you know, you can p- pick anything the rest of the trip. So it wasn't just... Because at the beginning, Max wasn't even allowed to have the map because, you know, Goofy wanted to be in control the whole way. And so this was Dude, his way re- of saying... Repeat the trip as, their, as his dad exactly, his Exactly, right. Yeah. So this was the first time that he's actually giving Max permission not only to be the map holder, but to also pick what they go do along the way, which right. I think is really special. Um, but of course, Max, you know, like you mentioned, he felt guilty. Didn't feel guilty for too long because he <laughs> immediately starts picking, you know, a monster truck you know, uh, rallies, and he does all these crazy jet things. Skiing. Jet, jet skiing. skiing. things, all the things that, you know, um, a roller coaster, you know, at the amusement park. So, uh, clearly, it, it becomes very clear quickly that Goofy 
doesn't like doing any of these things and he but, but there's a moment where you realize max actually does care about his dad because yes. he, he sees his dad like not enjoying it, and he's mm-hmm. like you know what i'm gonna do something my dad enjoys takes him to the biggest this ball of yarn man. yeah and which is really sweet because i think the idea is not to uh say okay max you can no longer do this it's hey let's find a balance like let's yeah. make yeah. sure that everyone is getting a chance on this trip to enjoy uh the stops along the way yeah like when they go to the carl's butt caverns <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so I think that's like one of the coolest parts. And they they go to a bunch of different things, and they see a lot of sights. They go to a yeah a bat cave where they take a photo, and all the bats start flying out. Like it's just it's a really fun, silly time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a good montage. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this actually leads to them going uh, staying at this motel that's like mermaid theme, and what that's a good theme for yeah. a really low key motel. Yeah, With the waterbed and the the, With uh, fish, the fish in the waterbed. Yeah. yeah, this is when um, P- uh, while PJ and uh, you brought up the dad code thing, which I thought was interesting. Oh yes, so, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, Pete and PJ are also staying at this motel as yeah. well. Apparently, mm-hmm. uh, I'll, I'll 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 hand the helms to you for about talking yeah. about the dad code. I mean, you know, the more I think about, it, the more I'm I'm not 100 percent sure of this thought. But um, when I when I watch it, and um, you know. Uh, Pete and Goofy are in the hot tub and they're getting a moment to just kind of have a quick chat with each other while their kids are um, playing video games in the other room or in the in the hotel room. Mm -hmm. But it was the first time where Pete actually overheard Max and um, PJ talking about how he changed the map. And so he tells Goofy about it. And so for me, that kind of had a sense of uh, dad code. Like, while I understand that we have different methods of raising our kids, and maybe I don't even necessarily respect the way that you manage Max, I think that you should know that he's lying to you and mm-hmm. that, that's, that you deserve that information. Okay. Yeah, because I, I saw it as... It, 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 I don't think that that's... I definitely think that that's part of it for sure. Cause like, you know, again, they're neighbors, they know each other. How much of it is also Pete trying to kind of prove Goofy wrong at the yeah. same time? Yeah, and I think, um, you know, because after we had this discussion, having the, uh, the talk about how Pete needs to be, like, the best and the fanciest yes. or whatever, this might just be him, like you said, uh, showing off, hey, look what happens because you're not being like me and you're not yeah. doing raising your kid the way I handle, like, I would mm-hmm. handle PJ. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I want to I wanna believe that nope. there's still, like, a dad code in there. But I could be wrong. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, I think I don't think you're wrong. I think it's I think it's part of that. It comes off as a dad code kind okay. of thing. Yeah. It does come off that way, but I think it's also Pete being self-motivated because right. he's Pete. Yeah, I mean, sure. Pete, nothing is by the way, nothing is ever Pete's fault. No. Have you ever noticed that? Like when he gets in the hot tub, <laughs> all the water comes out. He's like, they always put too much water in this. <laughs> right, like, right. Okay, sure, yeah. Nothing's ever Pete's fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this I actually think this scene, and again, this is goofy we're talking about. I love mm. how subtle it is when he goes to the car. He doesn't want to, he's, you know, he doesn't want to believe, he trusts Max. He doesn't want to believe Pete, but he gets in the car and he's like sitting there thinking about it. He, there's no words and he just hits the steering wheel and the map pops out of the glove box. And you know. This is all done in like quiet, like no words. Mm -hmm. And actually a lot of what happens afterward is very silent and quiet and like is shown by like facial expressions. Um, like even when the part where he's, um, in, they're in the car, and they're like, okay, you gotta pick left or right, and one will take him to Lake Destiny, the other takes him to Los Angeles, and he, uh, Max chooses Los Angeles. Goofy knows this, and you can see just him being so disappointed, Matt. He doesn't yeah. even say anything, and just, Would wow. you think if any kid knows 
when your parent doesn't say anything, that's way worse. Yeah, you you it's just, way worse. And, yeah. and then it's even made worse when he pulls over, walks out of the car, and just stands there, yeah. not even looking at his son, and not talking to him. Yeah, because he's mad, but he's disappointed, ultimately. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, because he felt like, even if Max and I are super different, and we, you know, he makes mistakes and all of that, I at least thought I could trust my son. And um, and he thought that he could trust him over this course as well. Right. And it was, um, you know, obviously not, not the case. Yeah. So. And, the, and then this leads to car chase... Shenanigans. Oh, yeah. The car! The car! All this stuff flying out like a skateboard and, uh, you know, pots and pans and things like that. You're just Opportunity like, for more slapstick, but while couch this thing where they're, 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 they're still arguing with each yes. other. It's finally all coming out. Mm-hmm. All the frustrations they have with each other. Yep. All, the passive aggressiveness is gone. They're now just hashing it out. Absolutely. I'm and not a kid anymore. You won't let me do live my yeah. life the way I want to. And then, like, you and know. And Goofy even just saying, you know, like, but, you know, what you don't understand is you're my little boy. Like, you've always been my little boy. Like, and I need, to, like, I need you to understand this is where I'm coming from. And then Max has to clarify, what, but I'm not the anymore. And, and yeah. I mean, I'm Goofy's still your just, son. I'm just not a little kid. And then Goofy's just saying, I just want to be a part of your life. Yeah. And that, Which honestly is like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. Like, it was like heartwarming. Because <laughs> seriously, like, I think that, you know, um, growing up, you know, our parents, I mean, for whatever reason, we've experienced, you can you can experience this kind of situation where your parents are either too involved, not involved enough, or not being able to find the balance. And so yeah. it's really nice to see that Goofy, um, the reason he's so involved isn't because he's trying to be controlling. It's because he's like, I just want to be a part of your life. Yeah, Goofy, Goofy wanna... is a good parent. Like, ultimately, yeah. he's a good, good parent. Yeah. He has good intentions. He has yeah. good intentions. Like, again, I... Uh, you know, you could argue about what good parenting is. I think sure, he yeah. is a good intentioned parent, and he right. makes mistakes. Yeah, like absolutely. people, like people do. But he's 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 ultimately trying to do what he thinks is best. Yeah. And what is important here is we have nobody else but you. We have this yes. song where now, once again, they're in isolation. They're literally stuck floating down the river. We talked about this. Now they have an opportunity to to talk. Yeah. actually talk because they have nothing else to distract them. They have to listen to each other. Yeah. And much like in the car, they make progress. First, they have this song where they just... Yeah, and it's a sweet song. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I think it's not uh, one of my favorites. No. I, but it's still it's still a good song. Like, if it's between this and On the Open Road, I prefer On the Open Road. Yeah. Um, right. Powerline songs are, like, the best. The best. And, <laughs> the best ones. No arguments. No yeah. arguments um, there, but... <laughs> but, it, like, as, like, a really quick thing, because we just mentioned it, but uh, I think Max says, uh, I'm just trying to have my own life, and Goofy says, I just want to be a part of it. Yeah. yeah. That's, I just wanted oh. to make that really quick. Yeah, No, sorry. that's important. That's important. No, it's good. Don't, don't, don't apologize for, for being your part of this. As yeah. Much as anything, so. uh, and, I mean, we have already discussed the waterfall part, and then we... Uh, we talked a lot about the concert, but yeah, the concert scene is amazing. I do appreciate that Goofy is immediately like, well, now that I know the details of everything that happened before, like you don't, we, that's all happens off yeah. camera, but we come to the end of that conversation. And it's like, he well, now I get it. He's like, well, let's get you on stage with this power line yeah. fella. Let's make this real. Let's actually make this happen. I'm like, yeah, Goofy. But also really quick as well, the waterfall scene, like that's like the one moment where they're both completely selfless. Yes. Like, they're both just trying to save the other. And I think that that is, like, incredibly impactful because the whole movie is them. 
I mean, I think, yeah, Goofy does come from a selfless place. Like, he wants, but he, but you he, know, but, but he still does it to some extent for himself. Because yeah. he's like, I want to be a part of this. And so this is the first time where it's like, literally. I want you to experience this road trip the way <laughs> yeah, I did. did. Right, exactly. He's like, he wants his son to be son to be happy, but he's only seen it from his perspective. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So this is the first time where they're literally, I mean, life or death. Just trying to save the other, and um, I think that was really special. Yeah, it's very okay. cool. But yeah, you started. We're, now we can actually we we touched on the concert a little bit, but mm-hmm. the concert is it's a lot of fun. It's so silly, fun. and the song is really good. Mm-hmm. Eye to eye is really good. There's some slapstick, and it's just so much. Fun. How good is the staging for this concert too? Like Powerline gets to make an entrance in a big giant electric globe thing yep. where he doesn't get electrocuted but Goofy does. Yeah. Poor Goofy. Because Goofy has to. It's Goofy. <laughs> right. I like how they're smuggled in in um in the uh, musicians in, 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 mus- yeah. in, in instrument cases. Mm-hmm. How? I have no idea. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're there. And I was really getting some like you can definitely get the LA vibes from this. Like I'm looking at the concert venue from the outside when they show that establishing shot and I almost reminded me of the pond at Anaheim. <laughs> just a little mm-hmm. bit. Just the, out- the look of the building from the outside. But yeah, this is a good and I like how all of this takes place just in the course of Eye to Eye. Yeah. As yeah. the background music. Yeah. So. Which is uh, awesome. Um, yeah, this is... So basically, like you guys said, that this is the first time where Goofy listens to Max and sees, okay, we want to get you in this concert. Let's do it. And they get in and, you know, somehow Goofy gets lost and he finds his way on the stage. But Max is still trying to find his way on the stage. And uh, But then they're both on stage and they're both dancing with Powerline. And it's like... An iconic, impactful, and it is. It is nice when you see the concert as viewed from Stacy's party. Yes, and you see them all like, "Look, there's Max," and 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 Roxanne is adorable again. <laughs> she always is. And then I like that moment that happens weirdly enough between uh, uh, Bobby and Stacy. Oh, oh yeah, with the the cheddar cheddar. Um, or, uh, they just they touch hands and then they're like. He flicks his sunglasses off. She smiles and her braces shine yeah. in the light. It's like, that's a cute, that's a cute little moment. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the movie ends with <laughs> Max stopping at Roxanne's place in the broken down car. The car is in big. the river. <laughs> they managed to get <laughs> the car back, I, which is insane. How the heck is it still alive? I have no idea. They bought it from Pete. Yeah. <laughs> apparently. Uh, but... I gotta give props. Max actually tells Roxanne the truth. And Goofy's proud of him for doing it. Yeah. Because he could have lied. Because, like, like, you know, he said, oh, true. I'll be on stage and I'll be in Los Angeles dancing with Powerline. And they were. So she could have easily just been like, nope, sorry. Uh, yep, that's what happened. But instead, you know, Goofy made it clear. I mean, we never see that moment, but I'm assuming Goofy kind of was like, you really should tell her. Like, that, you know, no relationship can start on a lie. Yeah. Um, which I think is really, really cool. Yeah. Um, so it's good that, that he, when he goes and he does the thing and he talks to Roxanne and admits everything and she forgives him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're adorable. And we end it with Goofy. <laughs> the car basically explodes and Goofy shoots into the air and does this and lands into the, her house. Shakes her hand through the roof. Yeah. Like, oh, it was nice to meet you. Yeah, and I like how that's the that's the last shot as the camera pans up into the sky. And I'm like, you know what? He's no longer afraid to, like, introduce people to his dad. He just accepted yeah. his dad's a big goof. Exactly. And uh, he is, too. He which is, Which I too. think is the, the best part. is Because I think he, he yucks as well in that he moment. He does, right? and he, he doesn't, doesn't let it. it. He's like... Listen, this is, I'm a goof. Well, I do, I do like that. I think, and this is the moment where Roxanne admits that she thinks that a yuck is actually kind of endearing. Yeah. So, yeah. What a 
What a good movie. It, it is an endearing movie. Like I, I like it. If for something that is low budget. Maybe I'm nostalgic. But. No, and <laughs> I, I think I mentioned this um, because it does have an extremely 90s feel, but because we both are, well, all three of us grew up in the 90s, mm-hmm. we may have a colored perspective on it. I would love to see, like, someone from Generation Z or so much younger <laughs> watch this movie, like, had no connection to the 90s whatsoever, and see what their perspective is. Mm-hmm. If they, yeah. To see if they would say, you know, this is kind of old-fashioned, like, I, yeah, I don't get it. Um but who knows? Like, or they might say, "Oh, this is so much fun! Yeah, it feels like a movie that takes place in the '90s." Rather, because there is a difference between a movie that's dated versus a movie that's set in a time period. And Definitely. even though this did take place during that time period, <clears throat> it does also kind of feel like this is just how the movie is set. And this yeah, is a- I don't think it feels dated. No, I, I don't, don't think it feels dated in a tired way. It definitely feels like a movie of its time, but yes. it doesn't feel right. like a dated movie. Mm-hmm. Right, because, I mean, there's not, I mean, there's references in the scenery of the 90s and even some interactions or something like that. But for the most part, the themes, the discussions, like, it's all relevant. And yes. it's all things that everyone can relate to in any time period. So No um, doubt. So I think that's really great. Yeah, the movie has a lot of heart. Um, mm-hmm. I, uh, critics argued it should have been more goofier. And yeah, maybe it could have, it could have been surprising. Um, but if it's between just only laughs versus a movie that has like dimension and heart, I'm going to go with dimension and heart right. every time. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, man, this was fun. Thank I'm glad you. we got to do this. Uh, Morel, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, for this thank episode. you for having me. I had so much fun. I'm glad. Uh, hey, is there anything you'd like to plug or uh, somewhere where people can find you on the on the internet if on you'd the like interwebs. to share your... um, Yeah, I mean, I don't have anything in particular, but if you'd like to follow me on Instagram, um, Instagram is singing in the rain, S I N G N N T H E R A I N, and it's the same for all my social media. Well, um, after this, we will be discussing uh, Pocahontas, and then for March, we're going to delve into, um, well, we got two movies, actually. We are going to, for Animusings Plus, we got James and the Giant Peach, and then uh, for our... For the regular Animusings. It's uh, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. (gasps) I know, that's, I love that movie. That's That's exciting. I'm excited for this. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, So, uh, uh, until next time... um, I don't know how to sign off with a goofy sign-off. But... Uh, a good goofy sign-off, or, or a good related sign-off, would probably have something to do with uh, with uh, the best song in the movie. So, you know, for the first time ever. Well, maybe not, because we've all seen this before. But I think we're all seeing this pretty eye-to-eye. <laughs> One hundred and five minutes of Super Mario Brothers in the can. Can't believe we did it. Uh, what's next? Obviously, Denson checks in. Oh, you mean the nineteen ninety six ape film directed by Ken Quapis? That's right. We're gonna watch it one minute at a time, and for each minute that we watch, we're gonna find a film that pairs nicely, like a, a wine with a fine dinner. Sounds great. See you next week. Dunstan checks min. Dunstan checks min. Dunstan checks min. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.